Hi, I'm George A. Milton, America's Failure Coach. Welcome to the Failure is Not the Problem podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that failure is a problem for most people. Why is that? In a single word, conditioning. Conditioning is simply training. You have been taught that failure has to be negative. I am here as your personal coach to help you relearn how to accept your failures and turn those experiences into positive mindset, change, and success. Look, motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is balance, not success alone. You have to develop a healthy balance between success and failure. It does not have to be one or the other. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you will finally live a whole life. You'll be much happier. I will help you recondition your mindset by exchanging ideas and strategies to guide you in making transformation so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single episode which you can utilize to create change in your life. Failure is about learning how to embrace your challenges and taking 100% responsibility for your life. Do you want to elevate your perspective with failure so you can change your mindset to accept failure as positive experiences rather than negative expectations? When you fail, it is not the end, but the ultimate beginning. At my company, Failure is Not the Problem, LLC, our philosophy is failure fuels innovation, resilience, and growth. Learn how to embrace your setbacks as stepping stones to success. Learn, adapt, and triumph with the wisdom of failure by your side. Join us in rewriting the story of success where failure is the launchpad for greatness. How can we make failure okay to talk about while making it fun and failure-tastic? Well, you need to learn how to laugh when you fail. Don't take your failures so seriously. Allow your failures to educate you on your next steps of your journey. Most of us know what fun is, but what is failure-tastic moment? A failure-tastic moment is simply this. If you've gone out and you tried multiple times to succeed at something, but time and time and time again, you failed over and over and over. But instead of giving up, you continued on. Like when I tried to become an officer, it took me forever to become one, but I never gave up. And because I didn't give up, I was able to accomplish becoming an officer and many, many more things. So some would say, man, that's that's fantastic. No, that's what I refer to as a failure-tastic moment. Look, hey, everyone, I am your host, George A. Milton, America's Failure Coach. I want to introduce you to an amazing person who is changing the planet with her chosen profession. Hello, Selma. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much, George, for inviting me. I really appreciate your invitation. No, hey, look, I am really honored to actually have you on the, on the show today. So I, I'm, I'm amazed with uh, your, your, your story. Uh, I got your book here, How to Make It Big in the USA. Uh, man, hey, look here, well, you know, before we get started, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background, if you would, Selma? Yes, I'm original from Angola. I'm a, I'm a single mother. Um, I lived in Angola. I grew up in Angola. I was born in Angola. And then I moved in Italy where I uh, studied and I did uh, my master's degree in social science and also um, other different graduation there in Italy. 
So I moved here in US eight years ago uh, with my three children. So my background is in education. I was a professor for almost five years in Angola. I worked with so many um, organization, philanthropy organization. I also worked in Angola, in, uh, in Italy, at my university while I was doing my college degree and my master's degree. And I was the first woman and black woman to be the president of the conference of the international student of the student there in Vatican. So that was also a great experience for me. And moving here in the US um, was really for me starting from zero with my three beautiful children. Now they are older, my two oldest children, they're in college. My youngest is in a high school now. So I'm really very proud of them. And I'm so blessed and proud to be here in the US. For me, this is just a blessing, you know. It, this is an opportunity because where I came from, unfortunately, women doesn't have a lot of opportunities, especially like for professional women. You just don't have the opportunity to grow, to be yourself, you know. And if you're like a professional, for example, for myself, I was a professor at public university and I love to help students, you know. I, I love to teach students. I, I, I love just, you know, to direct them to the right direction. Even though the, this is something that, you know, the social, political, they don't see in the right way. So that was a big challenge for me. So moving here to the U.S. was for me the start over, you know, and, and really have the opportunity just to be myself. First, as a person, you know, and second, as a woman, you know, that you can feel free to talk, to think to write, you know, I I think I will never have this opportunity to write a book if I was in Angola and especially a book that is um, is an open mind for a lot of people, you know, the way you think, the way you want to achieve your goals, do you want you want to start in the life. For me, this is just really a, a blessing and I'm so happy to be here with my children. I'm just impressed uh, with you. I mean, you know, single mom coming here all the way from Angola with her three kids to, to try and get a new start on life. You know, I know there's a lot of hullabaloo, uh, you know, in our society today here in the United States of America about the negative impact that immigrants are having on the country. But I'm going to tell you something here. This country has always been, is today, and, you know, going to the future will be a country that's uh, about immigrants. I mean, come on, look, the immigrant story is a powerful, positive story and still relevant and extremely important today. I mean, come on, Selma. I mean, immigrants continue in the 21st century to contribute and build the United States of America in all industries, commerce, government, military, sports, education, music, I mean, stage, movies, I mean, you name it. Just this morning, I was uh, listening to a report from the Pentagon. You know, me having a military background, that's incredibly important, right? So I was uh, listening to some of the updates, and uh, they did a study here recently that shows that a quarter of our you know, citizens cannot make the cut to get into the United States military, right? Now, they were specifically focused on the Army, but they went on to say that across the board, the numbers are way down. And part of the challenges in terms of them not being able to recruit the right kinds of people is that the quarter, that quarter number that I'm talking about, right? They can't come in because of overweightness, criminal records, uh, mental health issues, and some are you know, physical issues. But guess how they're making up for those losses? Those recruiters, right? Here's how they're making up for the lost numbers. 
they are starting to actually recruit more immigrants, right? That's why they're making up the numbers. In fact, they're talking about and have been promoting more immigrants as recruiters. So this is a huge, huge, huge process, hugely important in terms of the kinds of things that immigrants are doing today. And I am just so amazed, have always been amazed and impressed with the immigrant story. I mean, Americans, we could learn a lot if we just paid attention. I mean, let's take this for a second. Let's look at some, some key immigrants uh, who have actually you know, made this country better. President Obama, he himself is not an immigrant, but his father's a Kenyan, right? And he transferred, I mean, he went back and forth towards Kansas and Hawaii and spent, you know, tons of time in, uh, in Africa and Kenya visiting with uh, relatives and that sort of thing. So Trevor Noah, right? I mean, Trevor Noah, he's from South Africa. I mean, come on, man. High-speed comedian. If you look at, uh, what was it, Sergey Brin? I mean, he uh, and uh, who was, uh, Larry Page, right? The co-founders of Google. I mean, you know, Sergey was born in Russia and Larry Page is... Uh, from an you know, immigrant family, uh, who was Madeleine Albright, Czechoslovakia, been there multiple times, first female U.S. Secretary of State. I mean, an immigrant. We all know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, right? From Austria. I don't know if most folks know this uh, young lady, but Indra Nuya, she was born in India. Uh, she was, you know, served as the CEO of PepsiCo. So these are just, just a few immigrant stories, man. And something I found out here just a moment ago is that uh, the producer of this podcast, right? Megan Ishkin, she's an immigrant. Didn't know that until today. Someone I highly respect who's actually producing my podcast. So man, look, you know, you're all over the place making great progress and doing great things and making our nation better. So we need to really focus and remember that it is tremendously important for the stories that you guys uh, have. And I shouldn't say you guys, because we're all one team, one fight. We're all Americans, right? But I guess when I look at it in terms of, you know, immigrants who are coming into this nation and what you're doing. So if, if, if I have some Freudian slips, and I say you guys, I really mean us, but I'm highlighting those who specifically have come into this nation today. I have a, a really, really close friend who uh, is from Philippines, right? And she has come here uh, with her family and they, she's raised two amazing, amazing boys that uh, I am mentoring who are both about to go into the Navy as Naval officers. They are incredibly, incredible family. And in fact, the oldest, Brent, will be graduating from a Navy Upper Canada School uh, in November, next month. And uh, the baby boy, Brian, who is stud, man, um, uh, he uh, will be actually contracting with the Navy at Old Dominion University on tomorrow that I'm going to be a part of. So again, the immigrant story, making great things happen. So look, let me ask you some questions here in terms of failure and challenges and whatnot, Selma. But can you share a, you know, a moment in time? Well, let me see how I want to put this here. Um, what about this? What, what were your initial aspirations in business ventures when you first arrived in the United States of America? Because I know that a lot of times immigrants are real big on business, right? Yeah, this is this is really great question. Um, to tell the truth, when I was uh, working uh, in Angola as a professor, in the beginning, I really didn't plan to immigrate to the U.S. You know, because I was working and helping my students, you know, changing their mindset, overcome so many challenges that I counter has. And when comes the moment, when was I realized that unfortunately where I was, it's not the best place for me to be as a professional, as a human being. I realized that I would just not grow as a person because of all the social and the political and economic situation in my country. And when I arrived, I, I would say 
I was very frustrated. I was sad. I was frustrated. I was so overwhelming. And I had so much trust issues, you know, because uh, I realized that I was fighting for years, you know, to try to change a mentality and to help other people. And, and just I just felt like so exhausted. And when I came to the U.S., I was, I was okay, oh my goodness, I have to start over again. But also at the same time, I start like looking for the opportunity side because I told myself, well, this can be a great opportunity for myself and my children, you know, because when you grow up in environment, if you hear like the story of most of an immigrant, we really don't have the opportunity to be ourselves in our country. You don't have the possibility to be creative, you know, to create opportunities to help to give the better education for your children. When I started, I started from zero with no English background was a big challenge for me. But I was determined, you know, I was determined. And I tell myself, this can be the best opportunity for myself as a person, as a woman, and the best opportunity for my children. And I start to think very fast, you know, how can I make better? How can I be a better person? How can I really make this opportunity great for my children? So I start doing volunteer work, learning English. And I tell you, I had no idea, you know, I, I didn't have any English background, but I, I, I asked people if I could do some volunteer work because I wanted to be involved. I wanted to, you know, to just really learn the first step and to be around people and trying to understand all the accent, the English and everything. So that's, that's was how I started, you know, really thinking, how can I make this a great opportunity for myself and my children? I still was sad. I still was so frustrated, you know, and overwhelming. But I started to looking in the positive way, you know, because personally, I don't believe in a failure. Like personally, for me, failure is a learning experience. Like if something didn't work, I try to see on the positive side. If I look at my story and I say, okay, I came from a very sad, you know, background where women doesn't have any opportunity. I don't see myself as a failure. I don't see myself as uh, I didn't do all the best to change, you know. So I really grabbed that experience and I told myself what I can do better now, how I can build myself. That's how I wrote my book. That's why I jumped into the business. I had no business background, so, but I started learning from doing and also, you know, doing a lot of networking and just be involved and really trying to learn and understand how the community work. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I connect with the people? That's how I started, you know, a lot of time people like asked me especially when I was like working in a bank people was like oh how many years you have here in U.S. I was like oh two years two years how, how this happened do you read speak English did you know English before I was like no I learned right here and I had all the time those kind of questions this was one of my inspiration to write my book because I always was asking how I did how you did how you did Selma with three kids single mother with no English background and I explain in my book that 
you really just have to change your mindset. You know, the way how you think, the way how you view problems, because problems we will have all. At the end of the day, everyone has a problem. At the end of the day, something that you plan to work will not work. I will never imagine that one day I will immigrate again. I will go and live in a different country and learn a new language at 25 years old as a single mother. But that thing just happened. So now that you have the problem, that I have the problem, how can I make the problem a, a better solution? How can I come up with a solution that will serve me and also serve my children and serve the people around you. So that's where I start to shift my, my, my thinking, my mindset, and really start to see all the positive way and then give like a better response. I still have my challenge because, you know, as a single mother, you have like a challenge every single day because you have to provide, you have to think about your children. You have, and especially when you immigrate to a different country, you have to understand the culture, you know, how can you understand the new culture? Because the, uh, one of the challenge that most of immigrant people when we come here in the U.S. is because there is so much opportunity in the U.S. and it's like a free market. And the difference with our reality is that you don't have all this freedom. So how can you use the freedom that you have here to build yourself. So you really start thinking about this question. And I was thinking how I can be a better mother, how I can improve myself, and how can I also educate my children in different culture with a different environment. So I started doing a lot of volunteer work. I did at the school of my children, at the hospitals, at the stores, you know, I, I, I started to get involved with them. Also get to know my children's colleagues and their parents, just really to understand how can I educate my children in this new culture so they can grow up, you know, with the values and, and with a, a very high self-esteem and confidence, you know, because here children make a lot of questions and you as a parent, sometimes you think you have to have all the answers for your children. You don't. You just don't. You just have to make them understand the reality and how they can be a better person in that different kind of environment. So that's really how I started thinking just different, you know, how can I manage, how can I build a different mindset where I can grow myself and also at the same time grow and give a better opportunity to my children. Look, you know what I like um, a couple of different things here. Number one is that I see uh, how important your children are to you. You know, it reminds me of, um, uh, I referenced uh, Karen Credo uh, just a little bit ago, who uh, is from the Philippines and her two boys. You know, the boys were, they didn't immigrate to the U.S., but Karen and her family did. And uh, her boys were, and are now, I mean, extremely, extremely important. I mean, she is one of the smartest persons I've ever run across, man. I mean, she's just really sharp, hard worker. I mean, just tons of energy and has dedicated her life to ensuring that uh, her sons are able to take advantage of the opportunities that, um, uh, you know, that, I mean, she had some, obviously, but the boys, you know, growing up in this environment, even though they, they go back and forth between here and Philippines, they get to see, but they've not lived there. So their frame of reference is not necessarily the same as her mom. She had tons of challenges. She, her sister, her mom, when they came over, but she figured out how to make a better life for she and her family. 
and, uh, and those boys. And now there are going to be some outstanding naval officers here in, uh, in, in a very, very short period of time. So, uh, you know, I have uh, my, my son, Jacob. He is a, a uh, Army officer. Uh, my daughter, Elizabeth, is a, uh, you know, enlisted member uh, in the uh, Army. And uh, my daughter, Sarah, is, uh, you know, she has her own business and that sort of thing. And Rachel's trying to figure her life out. She doesn't know this yet. But our lives are, are a bit different because of the fact that we were actually, you know, born here in this country. So the same challenges that you guys, uh, you, Karen, and, and, and Paul Kong. Paul Kong is a, uh, he and his family, they immigrated from Korea, who are really good friends of mine, right? And just doing wonderfully, wonderfully you know, in terms of their family and a lot of things that their kids are now doing and having grandkids and all that sort of stuff. So the immigrant story, man, is one I just love and, and I admire. And I like how you say in your book, you know, you said that uh, um, uh, it's important for us to own our successes, our failures and our consequences. That is so incredibly important, especially when it comes to doing the kind of work that I am trying to do from a failure standpoint. You also talked about having a focused mind, right, a, a growth mindset. And a, and a strategy. I can tell that you definitely have, you know, have a strategy, and that's how you got from where you were to where you are today. I believe, and, and I teach and I coach my clients and my students that you know all three of those uh, elements are important. You know, a focused mindset, a growth mindset, and a strategy, man, in order to get from where you are to where you're meant to be, and taking 100% responsibility for your life. And you've mentioned that in the book multiple times. I, I really like how you present that. So those folks, look, go out there and get that book, How to Make It Big in the USA, man. I think you'd learn a lot from that. Hey, Selma, what, what uh, kept you motivated and inspired you to continue despite, you know, initial challenges and that sort of things you mentioned a moment ago? I mean, what motivated you to continue that drive? Yes, I, I believe in myself. Yeah, I, I truly believe in myself and also I want the best education and the best opportunity for my children. And also coming from a different environment where you don't have the opportunity that you have here in the US, this is this also drives me, you know, drive my my mindset, you know, and, and and just be willing to really work hard for me to achieve my goals and do the things that I do. But special really because I believe that I deserve better. You know, you know, when you believe that you deserve better, when you believe that there is something good that you can do and you can do more and more in this country. Because I saw women and the children, you know, really taking away the opportunity for them to grow. And I still have this in my heart and my mind that I'm lucky, you know, and I get sensitive when I talk about this. Yeah, and uh, sorry. It's okay. Excellent, man. Yeah. And w when I remember that other women, they don't have this kind of opportunity to grow, to be themselves, you know, and um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand. I mean, in this country, so we just don't have the same frame of reference. I mean, we take everything for granted, United States of America. I mean, we just do. That's just kind of how it is. I mean, we have this, unfortunately, and it's, it is what it is. You know, I've always been somebody that is very, very, very plain spoken, very, very black and white. And we have grown, you know, folks who have this mentality of entitlement, right? 
we've got to move away from this. It's hurting not only the nation, but the kids and those kinds of things. So the same frame of reference that you and, and Karen and, and Paul, you know, have experienced is, is just not the same. And I'm telling you, I, mean, I can tell that you're very, very gracious. I know Karen is extremely gracious for being able to come to this country. And Paul Kong himself, you guys are all very, very humble people who are just very gracious for being able to to have a country as great as the United States of America to be able to come to and to, to raise your, your family. So, I mean, when you you got choked up there a little bit, uh, so did I. I mean, I got chills here now is because of just the admiration I have for folks like y'all. In fact, the reason that my daughter has her business and the reason that I've started my business is because of people like Karen. It's because I would look at her and I was like, wait a minute, this woman has come in here and she's worked that hard right, to do the kind of things she's doing. What excuse do I have? What excuse do other Americans have when people like you and Paul and Karen are coming in and creating something out of virtually nothing, right? Americans don't have an excuse. We have every available resource to us that is known to mankind. Folks today are still trying to get into this nation, right, because it has great opportunity. So I am I'm touched by your, you know, your emotions here because I can see how appreciative that you are, how thankful you are, how grateful you are to have the opportunity to come in here and to do great things and to become an outstanding leader within the confines of your chosen profession. So God lead me. Thank you for sharing that. And it is quite okay. So it's quite okay. Hey look, can can you share a turning point? or a key moment in your entrepreneurial journey that helped you break through and achieve success? It's having purpose. You really have to have a purpose. Yes, you have to have a purpose. And you have to believe in yourself, you know, because being a business owner is a challenge. You don't know everything and you don't have an answer for everything. And if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have a purpose, you are kind of lost. You feel lost. So having a purpose and the belief in yourself, those are the main key for you. Really, you not just to empower yourself, like in your business, but also as a person, you know, in society and really caring yourself, you know, with this purpose. I remember um, when I came some people, they were saying, oh, tell me that, you know, if you do this, uh, you can't because you have an accent, you're an immigrant, you have this. I was like, I'm not afraid of that, you know, because I know who I am as a person, you know, I have my purpose. I believe in myself. I believe in the things I can do and I can do better, you know. And while I was working in a bank, I, I was always doing harder you know doing the best better than than all other my colleagues because i had this mindset this purpose and i believe that what i'm doing not will just impact myself as a person but also the people around me that's where came all my drive to really start my business and doing my business and just be willing to continue doing you know even if i have uh, a lot of people they was like a failure but i would say a learning curve experience you know for my business because you don't have all the answer I still keep going you know because at the end of the day I'm like okay I'm doing what I love you know I'm doing this because I chose to do it not because someone told me you have to you know and, and this really just give me all the motivation and, and just make me 
feel better. And, and, and also because I, I have this sense of mission when I'm doing something, you know, when I'm, I start something, even the little things. If I have a meeting with someone, I want to be the first person to be there, you know, 10 minutes, 30 minutes early. I always tell my children, I told them, I prefer to be early an hour than late one minute. So they, <laughs> yeah, they know yeah. that. So this motivation, yeah. you know, believe that what I'm doing is important, not just for myself, but for other person too. That's give me hope. That's, you know, push me to doing things like every single day. And I'm not saying that there is no day where I say, oh my goodness, just, you know, I feel overwhelming. I feel sad. But I always try to remember this. And I also read a lot. I love to read books. And, 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 the, and the reading also helped me being motivated of every day, you know, in my life. And also one of the things that I shared here also in my book is for you to recognize the areas that you have to improve in, my, in yourself. Doing a lot self-reflection about yourself, your skills, where you have to improve. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this well? How can I do this thing better? Where I can be better? What kind of skill do I need to improve? For example, when I came, one of the skills I told me myself that I had to improve was learning, you know, keeping learning. And also um, a new skills, learning the language, because I knew if I don't, speak English, I cannot communicate with the, my children's friends, you know, at school with my children. I cannot be a business owner if I don't speak the language. And the language is one of the difficulties that most of immigrants, when we come here, we have, because beside the culture shock, we also have the language barrier. And if you don't invest first in the language for you to be able to communicate with the other person, just makes things very difficult for you. I still, I'm still learning English and I learn like every single day. But one of the things really that motivate me to keep going is to think that I believe in what I'm doing. You know, I believe in myself. I believe that what I'm doing will not just be for myself, but for the future of my children and also the community around me. You know, this kind of like having a mission in a life. You know, when you have a purpose, you feel like you are on a mission. And it's easier for you to do things, even when it's harder, because things get harder. But you have to be able to feel that what you are doing is important for you to accomplish, you know, your mission. That's one of the things that I share also in my books and really, you know, help me keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. You know what? A couple of points here. There, I often talk about a book that I like that I have. You know, it, the title is um, um, Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Life. And that word, Ikigai, right? Uh, you know, uh, these blue zones, there's like five different blue zones throughout the world here. And this is where uh, people live to be 100 plus years of age. And in o Okinawa is, is where most of those folks live, you know, 100 plus. And they were asking, you know, did some research and they're, they're in there talking to these centenarians. And they said, hey, look, what's the one thing that really actually has gotten you from, you know, where you were to this 100 plus years of age, right? And then, you know, dietary kinds of things, you know, physical exercise. I mean, just in the sundry of kinds of things. But the one common denominator was uh, something they called ikigai. 
and ikigai is a is the Japanese word for purpose, right? <laughs> so, so they had purpose that allowed for them to live to, to those uh, those ages. And look, I love what you said about you know uh, being on time. You know, in the military, right? Specifically in the army. You know, our motto was always this: if you show up on time, you're late. If you show up, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you show up early. You all talk. So I can appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that for sure. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the language barrier. You know, most Americans can't speak an additional language, right? Now, I I, look, I had, uh, I grew up in East Rural, Texas, so old country boy, right? So the way in which I speak today is not the way in which I spoke growing up. And in fact, I learned that lesson when I joined the military and I was given this class and I was, you know, you know, everything was great. Uh, you know, the tune sergeant comes and he says, Milton, I mean, man, what a great presentation you had. Your visual graphics were fantastic. All of this stuff went really well. You know, uh, your you, you monotones, you know, and your voice, uh, no issues there. But the problem is nobody understood anything you said, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, my accent was so thick, right? And so heavy with this Texas twang that they were like, what in the world is he saying, right? So even growing up here, you know, in the U.S. and having that language barrier, I can't imagine what it must have been like for, you know, for you and other immigrants who have to speak the language where it's not your first, you know, it's not your native tongue. It's a big challenge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And then, you know, I talk to folks here in Texas and San Antonio, right? And I'm just always amazed and not in a negative sort of way because I've traveled. I've been to like 40 different countries, Selma, right? So. I always wanted to travel, even growing up in East Rural Texas. But a lot of folks, I mean, lot, tons of them, have never ever ventured away from San Antonio. One of my buddies here, Victor, he says that, uh, you know, the furthest, uh, you know, he's ever gone was like Big Bend National Park here. And I'm like, what? That's it? But, you know, but, but you, Karen, Paul, thousands of miles away from your homeland to come to here, right? What an amazing, amazing story and courage that you guys have actually taken upon yourselves. And uh, and I think what, I think Megan, you know, said that she's from Venezuela. I mean, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Just just the wherewithal to, to do that is just, for some folks, just tremendously amazing. Now, hey, what, what about, you know, were there any cultural or social differences you had to navigate while building your business and your, your life here in the United States of America? Yes, what's really understand how the business works in US. You know, as I mentioned before, it's it's very different from um you know from Africa, from my country in Angola and, and also um from Europe. I live in Italy for many years. Just the concept, you know, how you do business, it's very, very different. And when as an immigrant, when you, you are starting your own business, you have all this question, how really this work, you know, how start a business work in the US? And especially because of the free market, when you where you have to go and doing things, you know, and and you have to figure it out. I remember when I started my business and I was talking with this business owner and I was trying to understand and make her question and she told me, Selma, here in the US, you have to learn how to figure it out. That was the first time I heard this question. I'm like, how to figure out how this works? You know, because, yeah, we came from different um, experience where, you know, like the government has all the answers, like for you or the neighbor or other 
people around you. And here you have like to figure out and you have to go and ask the question. And one of the other barriers also that we have, we don't ask a lot of questions in our culture. You know, it just, you just don't ask, you know, about what's the neighbor do. And here in US, people ask a lot of questions. And in the beginner, I was like, why they are asking all these questions? You know, I had to learn to ask more questions. <laughs> I like to ask questions, but I had to learn to ask more questions. Yeah, this is also one of the barriers. Really understand how the process has a business owner works in the U.S. And, and where to go, the places, you know, where I can find the information that I need for my business. How can I register my business? Who can help me register my business? It's not that you like go and find the person like in the corner. Oh yeah, he can help me. You really have to find the professional person. One of the biggest challenge that most of us immigrants when we come here find is to think that everyone knows what you want and then you realize that you actually have to talk with the professional in that particular area otherwise you will have one that you think he knows what you want and he doesn't why is that because in a where we come from one person has the answer for everything and here is completely different you have actually to know for example if you want a CPA, you have to know what actually the CPA does. And if you want all the service for the bookkeeping, you have to know what actually the bookkeeping person does. Otherwise, you will confuse the two professional side and you're like, okay, what do I really need? When I was um, working uh, at, at Macy's, I had this friend, she's also immigrant, and she started our business and she was you know, I complained and she was like, oh my goodness, I just tried to register my business and I failed with some details and my business was rejected. And I was still learning English and I was asking myself why she was doing by herself. If she doesn't come from here, she doesn't understand the culture. He doesn't, you know, I'm the kind of person, I believe in other people's profession. And, and I was thinking and I, and I told her, we come from a different reality. So we really don't know everything. So you have to ask the right person. Why are you doing yourself? You know, and most of the biggest challenge from uh, us immigrants when we come here is that we just go and, and we try to ask the person, someone that we think they have the answer instead of looking for the professional person. This was one of the first things I really learned as a business person here in the US. You have actually to find the profession in the area that you are looking for, because not everyone has the, the particular answer that you are looking for. Wow, wow. Here was my, look, this has been really fantastic. This is, this is just crazy, right? Man, look, here's what came to mind here uh, as I was listening to you throughout this entire time, uh, Selma. It's, um, uh, uh, if you want to get it done, ask an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have to learn everything. Right? I agree. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, so I'm so i all into the asking also. Look, you know, this has been really, really fantastic. I want my audience, listening audience out there to, to understand 
that uh, uh, we are a great nation. We are a nation of immigrants, right? I mean, we really and truly are. And there is enough. I love America. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> oh, I do too. And I, I mean, I was born here, right? But I do too. That's why I served in the, in the U.S. But my appreciation of it, I, I am sure of this. It, it just doesn't compare to yours because of the experience, right? All of the things that I oftentimes take for granted, you actually have to go out and earn. There's a lot I've had to earn. So I don't want you to think that I, you know, come from this, you know, uh, you know, privileged background. But that being said, I do come from the privilege of being born in this nation, right? And because of that, I've had every available opportunity that this nation has afforded me. So nothing to complain about as far as I'm concerned. Even with all the challenges and the problems that we have, I was still able to go from being this, you know, impoverished kid, teenage parents, no education, to doing, you know, you know pretty well. You know, becoming, uh, you know, senior military officer, you know, from being an enlisted guy and getting multiple degrees and that sort of stuff. The country, United States of America, afforded that not only to me, but it continues to afford that to wonderful people such as yourself, with Harry and Credo and Paul Kong and, and all of the immigrants that are out there who are trying desperately to get into this nation, man. And, and I don't want to get into, the, you know, any I mean, the, the negative stuff that's associated with that because every country has that problem. Even when I was stationed in Germany, we were working on projects there to you know, where immigrants were coming in, you know, and not necessarily doing it the right way, whatever that means. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, oftentimes, whether it's a you know, legal way or illegal way, immigrants are still making a, a positive impact, right? And uh, different people come into different nations for different reasons. And most are trying to come because they're trying to get away from really, really bad stuff or just to try, because, number one, they're trying to make their lives better. So I'm so thankful that you've joined us on the show today. I'm so thankful that you were part of the you know, podcast accelerator. So where we met, I'm so thankful that you are a key leader within the confines of our nation today. So I want to give you some, some last parting words before we shut down. You know, uh, any last departing words to tell the folks how to get in contact with you, how to get your books and those kind of things. Just want to give you that opportunity real quick. Yes, they can go to my website, SalmaJacintoDomingas.com. And they have all the information there. And they they can also find my book on Amazon. I have my book on Amazon. They can just put all my names, Selma Jacinto Domingos, and they will find my book. This is really a great book, you know, for someone that is looking to change their lives. Even if, it are, even if they are not immigrants, I really, um, I, I'm really focused on my book. How can you, you know, find your purpose, how you can be a decision makers and recognize the area in your life. This is really a great book for someone that is looking to make change in their life. The big, small change. This is a great book. And I'm so, so grateful, you know, for really the opportunity to write this book and to share with so many people. And I'm so grateful also for the opportunity for my children here. This is one also the things I really talk about in the book because I, I, I truly believe in education. You know, I, I, I truly believe in education. And the first person for you to educate, it's yourself. You know, if you want to educate your children, if you want to educate your community, if you want to change your life, start with yourself. Start educating yourself first. So this book will really help you having a different kind of mindset, you know, and, and just, you know, coming really from my story, a single mother with zero, you know, 
and knowledge of English, no English background with the three children starting from zero. And, and, and I know uh, there is still a lot of challenge, but I truly believe that when you have the right mindset, doesn't matter the challenge that you have, you will be able, you know, to really see the other side of the challenge and see how can you make that situation better. That's how I overcome all my challenge. You know, every time I have a problem, I'm not focused in the problem. I'm focused how I can be better. How can I find a better solution for that problem? This book will really help you shift your mindset so you can start thinking how you can make the next move to change your life, not just your life, but also your mentality and the people around you. Wow, that's powerful. Man, that's powerful. Look, you know, the one word that jumps out at Ms. Elvin is mind shift change, right? Because the whole point of the Failure is Not the Problem podcast is to get people to, to change their mindsets to see failure as positive. You know, not the negative uh, expectations, but the positive experiences that they can actually get out of that single word to get them from where they are where they're actually meant to be. So I love that you're actually saying that. And folks, look, her title of her book is How to Make It Big in the USA, uh, The Great Move from Angola to the United States of America. Folks, go out and get a copy of this book. I mean, I'm just fired up, fired up, fired up. This is exciting stuff. I love the immigrant story. I just, I'm just always humbled and amazed by it, right? Uh, so please go out, uh, reach out to her, uh, bring her in, uh, have her speak to your teams, however she can actually support and help you guys, man. Look, I have read her book, quick little read, but powerful, powerful punches that she throws at us in terms of educating us in terms of how we go from where we are and are trying to get better. Look, if you want me to, to come and, and coach and mentor and train your teams, you can reach out to me by reaching out to George at georgeamilton.com. Go to my website at uh, georgeamilton.com as well, www.georgeamilton.com. You can also get my books off of Amazon. Failure is not the problem. It's the beginning of your success. Or failure is not the problem. It's your leadership. All that we do on this planet involves two things, leadership and relationship. Selma, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. What an honor and pleasure. Excellent. So good to see you again. Good to see you too, George. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Hey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Failure is Not the Problem podcast. If you enjoy what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at georgeamilton.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side.